Guys, indoor football is finally coming back to Columbus after the 2020 COVID season was canceled due to COVID-19. And lucky for Lions fans, a familiar quarterback is coming back, right, Jack? That's right, Rex. Mason Espinosa, longtime fan favorite quarterback of your Columbus Lions. He's back, and he's with us today on On Your Sideline. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Bringing in everybody, I'm Sports Director Rex Castillo, joined by my tag team partner, Jack Patterson. Time for our t-shirt check before we get into our awesome guest today. I'm rocking the Beauregard Hornets. Shout out to Justin Jones, the new head coach down there. Can't wait to see what the Hornets will do this season. But Jack, again with the throwback game. Who are you rocking today, Jack? That's awesome. I am rolling with the Georgia Force. God rest their soul. The, <laughs> uh, another team de- dearly departed from us from the Atlanta area. Uh, this I got this. My, as you can tell by, it's faded out a little bit. <laughs> I got this a long time ago, but I've been a fan for a long time, obviously. Shout out to um, Troy Bergeron, who is a Shaw High grad and former wide receiver for the Force. And yeah, I was a huge fan of the Georgia Force. And it's an arena football team. They uh, won the conference championship and lost the arena bowl back in 05. Uh, but huge fan of them, and it kind of leads into our guest today, Rex. Perfectly it is. Mason Espinosa, quarterback for your Columbus Lions, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Man, man. I appreciate you guys having me. It's going to be a blast. Of course, rocking the Columbus Lions shirt as appropriate. Yes, That's sir. it. That's it. Everybody's <laughs> favorite arena football team, so there we go. But of course. So, Mason, uh, like every kid who who started even picking up a, a pigskin, mm-hmm. it, it, went from, it was the 11-man game. He had a, an excellent college career. How in the world did you go to the indoor game? It was kind of a weird situation. So uh, I played my college ball in Ohio, uh, kind of finished up there, uh, had a small little cup of coffee with the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, right out of school. And from there, talking with the GM, it was, it was Kevin Colbert, I think, at the time. Uh, he was like, hey, look, you have the talent to, to play professional football. You're coming from a really small school, dude. Like, nobody's going to invest what we're investing in quarterbacks at this point until you're able to like kind of bridge that gap until you like, and he suggests he's like, go play arena football, go play Canadian football, do something to show that you're able to consistently compete with these division one talents. And then, and then let's give this thing another shot. Cause you have the talent to do it. Uh, you know, six years later, <laughs> here we know, are still going, never, never got that second chance, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I've had a blast. So is, let's, Talk a little bit about your college experience, man. You were a record setter there a while. Sure was. Like, I think it was, what, 17 records you hold there? <laughs> Something like that, man. We had a, we had an unbelievable team. Uh, I'm, I'm so proud of what we accomplished there. I think my freshman year, we were 2-8. and eight. We were really bad. Sure. Uh, we were really young. I, I always like to tell the story of 22 starters, 18 were freshmen. Wow. wow. You know, and in college, you, especially in today's age, but even back then, you don't see that much with the transfer stuff. You know, not a lot of people stay around. And, dude, we hung in there, and I think 16 or 17 of us stayed through. And by the time we were all juniors, we had the top passing offense in the country and, and won the first conference championship in, I think, 30 years for the school. So really proud of that team, really proud of, you know, just being an alum there, honestly. Is there a certain magic to going to a smaller school like that? Because I'm sure everyone wants to go to like the Power 5 D1 schools, whatever. But for, for you, I can see there's still a, a huge amount of pride for what you accomplished and for that community for investing in you. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a whole different realm, like you're saying, of kind of that, that Power 5 division. one. Of course, everybody wants to go to, you know, Clemson. Everyone wants to go to Georgia. Got it. 
uh, you know, but sometimes people slip through the cracks. It just is what it is. And it's kind of what you make of the opportunity. And when you show up and you take ownership, it's, it's the same thing. You know, I, I had a coach tell me once, a human being can only get so excited, right? So if you win a conference championship in Division Two, Division Three, whatever it is, you're not you're about the same level of excited as Clemson won an ACC championship. Human being can only get so excited, especially when you put in the work like we did. Awesome, man. Awesome stuff, man. So let's talk about your uh, the start of your indoor career. Mm-hmm. You started in 2015 yep. after your own cup of coffee with the Steelers, <laughs> and you kind of been a, a traveler ever since, man. Tell us about the start of your indoor career. Yeah, so my first stop was actually in Erie, Pennsylvania. With the uh, the Erie Explosion, shout out to the Erie Explosion. Great name, unbelievable yeah. name. We actually, believe it or not, we had a reality show. If you can what? believe it, what on Amazon Prime? Uh, it was oh. called Reload Explode. <laughs> I'm, we're we're tracking that right. down after this show. New binge, uh, new binge. Now nah, it's 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 one of my embarrassing moments. I would oh, say. Oh, now now but, it's in. <laughs> now it's definitely now, I, yeah, I don't know why I plugged it right there, but I did. We were. Uh, okay, I think we were two and nine or, or three and nine something. We we weren't very good, quite honestly. Uh, but it just gave me a chance to honestly play professional football and mm-hmm. get tape and get film, and just was kind of the start of my career. And I'll always be grateful to. You know, those coaches in that organization out there, they're no longer there, unfortunately. Uh, actually, odd story, the, the coach there is, I don't know if you guys heard of the fan-controlled football league, the one with yeah. Manziel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the head coach for Erie, that my Erie team, is now the like the head coach for the league, for wow. the fan-controlled league. So it's a weird connect. But uh, the so world he is so small, more man. than landed on his feet for sure. But, <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Uh, always grateful to them for for the experience. Even though we weren't that good, it was, it was a great experience. <laughs> Um, so, and it, that's just kind of the nature with arena football is are you constantly just like on the move getting ready to to fight to chase that next uh, opportunity with an indoor football team you are for sure for sure and you know especially just the nature of arena football the landscape changes so much you know with teams in out different leagues I mean we were sitting here talking a minute ago about you know a couple of different leagues and stuff like that you're just always looking for the best situation is really what it is a place that you like a place that you can feel like home in a place where you feel appreciated, and that's what it is, and you kind of bounce around until you find that spot, and I've just been fortunate to find it here in Columbus, honestly. So what was it like meeting Jason Gibson for the first time? It, it was, <laughs> well, unfortunately, so in that 2015 year with Erie, we actually played Columbus. Okay. So wow. my first year meeting Gibson, it was on the losing end of 81 <laughs> to 26. We were, we were it, was, it, was, it was really bad. Yeah, that was, year the Lions won the championship. Oh, yeah. Brutal. That was the year they beat Richmond <laughs> in the championship. Yeah, so it was actually kind of kind of an odd thing. Uh, we played against them. We weren't very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after the season, one kind of one thing led to another, and, and Gibson kind of calls me, and we shoot a couple emails back and forth. And uh, he's like, hey, why don't you come down and play in Columbus? Heck yeah, dude. You guys, you guys beat us by 60. Heck yeah. Send me the contract. I'm in. So that was kind of that. Man, so your first year here was 2017. It's also the first year of the NAL. Yep. And Columbus was kind of world beaters that year. You know, was fantastic. I think we won the regular season title that year. If not, we were really close to the top. Mm. And then we, you know, you guys competed for the championship against Jacksonville. Mm. And man, I, I this is this is a toughie. I know, man. Sorry, man. It's tough as, as it's tough as a fan. Yeah. But take us through the last couple seconds of that game. Well, actually, it was it was one of those games. Like as I think back on it, obviously, wish we came out on the other side. Right. As a competitor, yeah. you lose sleep over. I didn't sleep for a month, probably. Brutal. Uh, but you're 
excited that you got to experience that experience 10 to 12,000 in the stands or however many it was everybody hating you quite honestly <laughs> I, can't, I can't quite repeat some of the stuff that was yelled at me in the stands Fair. but that's what you play for it's what you love that last drive man we had that play silent we were driving we had the ball and I think the seven or the eight mm-hmm. uh, if you can tell it's kind of in my in my memory permanently <laughs> uh we had it on the left hash and we had a play call that we actually scored on earlier in the game to mm-hmm. michael reeve goose i don't know if you remember him yes and uh it was kind of like a little middle fade we were just going to step up and throw in the ball and the reed was the front side corner okay and uh jay man jarmon fortson was was standing on the wall yeah. and uh the front side corner was trying to fall off to rob it and i was just gonna just whip it out there to jay man let him walk in for the game winning touchdown and uh, there were other plans, unfortunately, just yeah, kind of yeah. one of those things, you know. So I also want to talk about just like, even though that happened and that could demoralize a franchise, yeah. and honestly, the next season, Columbus has always been that team that's incredibly competitive. Is that just the culture that Coach Gibson and, and the players bring to it, honestly? Absolutely. He's, he says every year in the intro meeting, he doesn't care if it's the NAL, the AFL, the PF, whatever, whatever alphabet you put together, like we're going to be right there at the end. And I think it's the way we practice, quite honestly. Yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've been to a few places, as we've, as we've discussed, and, and we practice harder than anybody I've, I've ever been a part of. Wow. And, and it's, it's fun being that in early in the season, you have to go through some growing pains, right? You're, getting, yeah. you're doing a whole bunch of things. The nature of arena football is a shortened camp. Uh, but by the end of the year, we just find a way to gel, find a way to click, and, and just got to get hot at the right time. That's awesome. So you've been a part of this team for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, 2018, you were part of the team. I, re- I think I remember you getting hurt that mm-hmm. year and wasn't, wasn't able to compete in the championship game. Yep. And th- so, But you've been a part of this franchise for a long time. Yep. But in 2019, you got to call up to the Arena League. I did. And you got to call up with a team that we're going to be real f- familiar with later this week in the Albany Empire. Tell us a little bit about your time playing up there for the Empire. It was absolutely awesome. I mean, nothing but great things to say. Uh, Coach Keith, Coach Moss were, were both there. Coach Ewart, uh, they were awesome. I think if you combine the Arena Bowls on the coaching staff, I think they had like 14 or 15 Arena Bowl championships combined. It was something just That's dumb. That's prolific. It wow. was something dumb, yeah. I, I don't know how they, how, they, how they did it, quite honestly, but the roster was just so much fun. Just everyone was such a professional there. The way we did things, the way we conducted business – it was a it was a special year. It really was, and man, I'm so excited to honestly get out there on on Saturday. So this will be Albany's first game since that Arena Bowl. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, because the league folded the league folded the after year. you guys won it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it'll be their first game since the Arena Bowl. Same turf. Uh, great. Tommy Grady's still there, right? And that was the other quarterback in, in the quarterback room with me, and so he's still playing ball. So it's going to be fun. To, First game since the Arena Bowl is the two quarterbacks on that roster playing against each other. I think Tommy said there was still conf- when they rolled the turf out, there was still confetti on it for, for the first wow. practice. That's amazing. So it's it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited. Um, to, as we mentioned, I think you mentioned earlier too that the league's always changing this sport. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's just a variable of it. It is what it is. When you got the news that the Arena Football League was going to fold and that had been pretty much a staple and marketed as the top tier indoor football league, yeah. was that kind of a shot to the system for everybody involved in that? I mean, absolutely everybody. It's it's one of those things where I'll definitely remember, like, where I was. I remember getting a text from a friend, like, yo, what's going on? And I had to look it up. There was just such optimism and hope, I, I think, throughout all the 2019 season. And honestly, that's why I went to Albany was mm-hmm. was Tommy Grady was there. Dudes won, like, four MVPs or, or just something crazy. Yeah. Right. So, the, so the, the lure, kind of the recruiting pitch there was like, hey, like, come up here, hang out with Grady. There's only six teams in the league right now. Hang out with Grady. 
right? Learn a little bit about the actual, like the way the AFL does things. And then there's going to be a team when we expand that's going to be yours. And it was all, you know, win the arena bowl, do the whole thing. And it all honestly went to plan. Like I was so happy with my experience. Right. Learned a ton, uh, you know, from him just because it's a different, he has a different way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those coaches have a different way of doing things. And, you know, was, was getting calls and stuff about, you know, these expansion teams. And, you know, I thought I was going to be real fortunate and kind of have my pick in the litter. And then about a week later it was, hey, everything's on hold. And then about a month later it's like no more. So it's one of those things that was kind of a shock for you for about a month, quite honestly. And then it's like, you know what, like it's me moping around. It's not going to do anything. Fair. Let's let's strap it back up and let's figure out the next move. And then he lands right back here in Columbus, Jack. Yeah, the next, the next move was here in Columbus. But, you know, then the pandemic hits. <laughs> and I, I remember uh, going out with you to uh, Harris County last year, and you were working out with some of the guys. I remember you were working out with Tay and yeah. uh, Taquan and Kobe and all these guys. Uh, man, you know, just how hard was it to, you know, keep, you know, wondering whether you're going to start or, you know, when we're going to start. Okay, we might be starting, and then eventually you, you don't start at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. Like, it's tough to not have an end in sight, I guess, or, right. or to kind of have that payoff. Like, that's what we do, right? That's why we're in sports. That's why we're in football is, like, to have that payoff. It's not an office job where you're just in Monday through Friday and then you, you kind of leave it at the door. Like, to have that competition, to have that goal, to have something you're trying to attain is really why you do it. So, like, going out there and working out and throwing, like, okay, yeah, that's fun. Like, got it. But that's not what you're doing it for. You're not a professional, you know, workout person. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you want to play and you want to have, like, hey, we're going to play May 29th. I got to be ready. Am I outworking, you know, so-and-so today? Am I outworking the quarterback from Carolina? Am I outworking the quarterback from Jersey today? Kind of having that mentality. And it's tough when you don't know if you're going to be able to do it or not. So what was 2020 quarantine Mason Espinosa like? What was he doing? Oh, man, that's a great question. 2020 quarantine Mason Espinosa was a lot of Netflix. <laughs> it was a lot of Tiger King. Oh, man. Uh, you fell down that rabbit uh, hole. Oh, yeah, more than once, unfortunately, because I, I watched it and my girlfriend wanted to catch up, so I got a double dose of it. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it was a lot of that, binging stuff like that. Uh, and honestly, <laughs> finding places to work out. Like a lot of the yeah. gyms shut down. So, you know, I'm trying to find high schools to go to until basically the high school said, hey, you can't come here anymore, Fair. you know, and then you go to the next one and wait till they kick you out. And then eventually you settle on state parks until the state parks close. And then you're just in your backyard doing push-ups and sit-ups until, you know, just, just to feel like you're doing something. Telling yeah. your girlfriend to run routes or something like that. Something, yeah, yeah. Just run a route and avoid it. I'll try to, I'll try to miss you. That's pretty much it. So, you know, it, it's, it was a lot of that. Uh, a lot of film. Just yeah. trying to make sure you stay sharp. I mean, that's really all you can do, really, unfortunately. Especially, you know, playing quarterback. There's only so much you can do, really. You know, uh, a lot of throwing and a lot of skill-type stuff involved. You can't do it. You got to really be careful not to lose it. So, that was difficult. So, you know, what what was going through your mind when you finally got the call back saying, hey, there's actually going to be a 2021 (laughs) season? Absolute, like, absolutely ecstatic. Uh I mean, it's what you do it for, right. right? I mean, it's, you know, it's no secret. We're, you know, we're not in the NFL. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's you know, financially you're not getting, you know, set for the rest of your life doing this by any means. You know, so you do it because you love the game and you do it because you love the sport and you do it because someone's letting you make a living doing the thing you love. So the fact that it was just there and something, you know, was there to work towards, kind of like we said, it, it just, 
it, it just gives you the shot to no matter what you're doing, whether you're working out or at home washing dishes, it's just, you know, the day's kind of better. <laughs> yeah. Is there something about practice now that you appreciate now? Like the, the mundane things that you would have thought like, okay, this warm up is whatever. We'll just get through it to get to, but do you appreciate the little things about practice now, especially just being around a team again? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like just seeing, just being around the dudes, right? Being, I mean, that's what, that's what you do it for. You don't realize, uh, like kind of in quarantine when you're not around people, how important it is to kind of have something you feel attached to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, what am I doing? Just, just going into the locker room, yeah. right? Having film meetings, talking about football, you know, just being in a huddle, stuff like that. I think even more so than the game, that's what, that's what you miss. Really. You miss just being a part of something really. Your brothers in arms pretty much. A hundred percent. The camaraderie. You know, being you know being a part of everything. A hundred percent, yeah. Just missing those dudes for sure. So one thing that we kind of talked about this a little bit before the show, but you're kind of entering into a new phase of the NAL because mm-hmm. the last time we played arena football, you had the AFL around. Yep. It's not here anymore, and we've found out that a lot of the players are now in the NAL. And you know, I made the joke, but it's almost kind of true that half our roster played in, in the last arena ball. It's crazy, yeah. It's really crazy to think about without the arena football league. Now the National Arena League, like, we're kind of it. You know, we're kind of yeah. the – especially when you're talking about, without getting too technical, like, true arena football. Like, with the skills you – know, with the rules and the skill sets of arena football, we're kind of the, the last of the Mohicans or whatever. So, it, <laughs> so all those veterans that, that played in the Arena Football League and made a living doing it, right, if they're still wanting to play, they're coming to the National Arena League. And, of course, Coach Gibson, the master recruiter, finds a way to – Finds a way to get these dudes. I mean, because of course he does. It naturally, <laughs> naturally, right? We knew he was good. Then we see this roster. Like, are you kidding me? It's unbelievable. He's the master at. He gets one of them, and then he's like, "Hey, who are your friends?" You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's how we got Antoine Grant. I mean, who's a monster? I mean, dude's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's it's. I don't know how he's not in the NFL, really, but I think that his connect was Marvin. Obviously, Marvin Ross played here. Mm-hmm. You know, even before I did, and Marvin was in Atlantic City. He signed Marvin back. Marvin's like, hey, I got a dude that wants to come play. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, we have best receiver in the NAL. So, it makes me happy. I'm all in. I'm yeah, all of course in. you are. We, we briefly talked before the show, but, like, could you go down off just off the top of your head the AFL guys that are on the roster now and, like, what teams they played for? Yeah, yeah. Off top of my head, let's see. So, uh, in 2019, I was in Albany. Uh, Rodney Hall was in Philadelphia with the Soul. Uh, Marvin Ross was obviously in Atlantic City. Uh, Mo Leggett was in Albany. He actually had a pick six in the Arena Bowl. Antoine Grant was in Atlantic City. Uh, Linroy Naismith was in Philadelphia. He's our Jack. Uh, Lonnie Outlaw was obviously with the Philly Soul. He was their he was their big weapon out there. And then Roe Deloach was actually split his year between Philly and Atlantic City. I think he actually even started in Baltimore, then went to Albany with us, and then finished in Philly. Uh, and that's just off the top of my head that, that, with the skill guys. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's, that's it's crazy. Eight guy, that's eight guys that's that were silly, man. And the majority of them <laughs> play in the arena bowl. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Rodney, Lonnie, Linroy, me, Roe was there. Uh, I mean, that's five right there, just off the top of my head. I mean, so crazy, man. Math, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Mo Leggett, that's the other yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's just incredible. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit because you've, been, like I said, you've been in the game around a long time, but the one thing you haven't been able to do with the Lions mm. is bring it home and win a championship. What will it take this year to bring the championship back to the Civic Center? Honestly, I, I think what it's going to take this year is is us coming together as a team and kind of that kind of that camaraderie. We have the talent. I mean, we just named off. 
I mean, how many dudes that have arena football league experience? <laughs> At least right? eight, right? Yeah. yeah. But this year, I think, is so unique because it is a shortened COVID season. And even quite <laughs> a shortened camp now that yeah. we're playing Albany this weekend. It's finding a way to, to, to come together and bring that cohesiveness together. And, I mean, honestly, it's just something we're going to take on as players, whether it's find a way to go bowling, you know, every week, something like that. I mean, it's, it sounds, you know, kind of high school hairy, but it's true. Just being around each other, you know, going to lunch, going, you know, going to work out. Uh, it's just that's what it's going to take, quite honestly, because you've seen talented teams. The yeah. more talented team doesn't always win, especially in the playoffs. All right. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of the team that trusts each other. And I think that's that's kind of what we have to, to build towards now because the talent's there, the arena football IQ's there. We just need that that togetherness. How often does the Arena Bowl game come up in the locker room? Oh, man. it's <laughs> <laughs> We were actually sitting there eating dinner the other night uh, somewhere, and out of nowhere, Mo Leggett pulls up his pick six on his phone because I think he was just actually – Just randomly? <laughs> I think he was – well, I, I, I have to remember, but I think he was covering Lonnie. No way. Think, oh, I, no. I think Mo was covering Lonnie. I think. I, I have to go back and look at it. But Lonnie was definitely in the play, obviously. Right. I think he Lonnie was a high motion one, dude, didn't he? Oh, my dude. <laughs> Yeah, and he did it earlier in the season too. It was unbelievable. Oh, like man. he he's unbelievable. But I think Mo was covering Lonnie on that player at least in the area, and so he just randomly pulls it up. He's like, "Hey, Lonnie, how about this?" Like, <laughs> just show up. So it definitely it definitely comes up for hundred percent. Moments like that is what you're talking about, though. The, the yeah. special moments of bonding like that. That's it. That's it. And I, and I think it's something, you know, with so many guys having arena experience is different than than what we've had in the past. I think there's a lot of mutual respect. Sure. Which naturally transitions, I think, to, to kind of that brotherhood and that camaraderie. It's just we have to work at it and we have to do it. But there's a ton of just mutual respect. And even if, like, you don't know each other personally, it's like I knew every one of these dudes before they walked in the door just because I kind of knew their reputation as good football players. And then that kind of turns into that brotherhood. Gotcha. Yeah. So one thing we haven't talked about is the Lions usually have – a reputation as being one of the toughest places to play inside the Civic Center, or should I say the jungle? <laughs> so, and you have the opportunity now. You didn't get to play last year, mm. and you you haven't been in the Civic Center to play since 2018. What's it going to feel like for you to be back in front of all those fans, man? I am so, I can't even explain to you how excited I am. Uh, I know even coming back, just, you know, going to our sponsors, you know, seeing, you know, fans around town and stuff the kind of support that we have, and I've been really fortunate, the kind of support that I have personally from from our fans. I'm just so excited to get out in front of them and just give them something to cheer for, Yeah, right? Give them something to be excited about. Like, that's what we're in this for, you know what I mean? Like, especially as you go into the kind of the professional realm and specifically arena football, you're in the entertainment business as much as you are the sports business. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just want to have, like, I want to go win football games and I want every one of those people when they leave the arena to go, you know what, I got my money's worth tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fun seeing Lonnie Outlaw mossing over the wall. <laughs> Grant have a one-handed catch. Like, Mo Legge with a pick six. Marvin Lott. Like, I want every one of them to leave and go on, like, yeah, I'm coming back. Like, I want to be back. This is something I want to be a part of. You also talked, when we talked about a, a practice, that how longevity is such a rare thing, especially in North football. But Columbus is, an, is a market that I would argue it has been the staple for a lot of leagues, including the NAL. So what does it mean for you to represent this community yet again? And how special is it to, be, to have an organization that has this tie-in with the community? Yeah, I, I feel, quite honestly, really fortunate. Uh, there's a lot of friends and a lot of players I know that bounce around from year to year. And, and that, that's a tough life. I mean, yeah. it is. Like, you love the game, but that's tough to pick up and move every six months. 
I feel really fortunate that I've, I've found a home here with a lot of support inside the organization, outside the organization, and a place that's so kind of foundational to the sport, the local sports scene here. It just feels it feels good. I mean, quite honestly, it makes you feel secure. It makes you feel like you're bought into something bigger than yourself, and you want to win for people more so than yourself, really. And, and I think that's what that's what I love about it here is we step on the field and you don't feel like you're a mercenary for lack of a better term. You really feel yeah. like, Hey, you know, like we're, we're in this thing together. Let's do this. So one person that we've talked a little bit about is head coach, Jason Gibson. And you've, you know, he's been the sole coach of the lions and you've outside of him, you've been kind of like that face of the franchise, you know, how has it been to, you know, you've seen the evolution of Jason as long as the evolution of yourself, you know, Compared to other coaches that you've had, what has been different about Jason? I think Coach does an excellent job of listening to the players. And, and I know it sounds weird because there's a really fine line there between letting the players walk all over you and and just giving in to everything that's said and being a player's coach that can be introspective and can change their ways. And I think he – especially in the time that, that I've known him. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job at that as we'll like, just for example, we'll install our offense right? and he'll go, Hey, this play was really good in 2017. Guess what? We don't have the guys for it this year, but we do have the guys for this play mm-hmm. and we're really good at it. It's not like, it's not a system and we're just bringing dudes in and you got to do this. It's like, Hey, what are we good at? Like, what can we do really well? And that's that's what we use. That way, we can dictate our terms and just do what do what guys are good at, right? I mean, there's some things that every one one through twenty one on the roster, people are are good at different things, and each year the team is different, right? Right. So be, being able to have that kind of flexibility to kind of do what we're good at, I think, is what's made us good and, and made us successful in the past. See, and I was about to ask just how how does that for a player? It seems like you guys can play with ease, but you can play with energy again because yeah, there are coaches who are like. This is my way, and if you don't do it, even if you suck at it, you're gone. But for for Coach Gibson to have that ability to evolve, it seems like already you have a huge weight off your shoulders. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Coach, he does an excellent job at, at evaluating and recognizing talent. I think that if he yeah, – I think if you even talk to him, I know in past conversations with him, I, that's probably what he believes is one of his greatest skill sets is to be able to recognize talent even if it's not like – all the way there yet. Sure. Recognize potential and the talent that's going to come. That's why he always has guys on the practice squad that turn out to be studs. And I think part of that is is kind of what you're saying is that he's able to evolve and he's able to do different things. He's like, hey, man, this guy, I think they, they had somebody in 19, Paris Mack, who was, I think, on a laser. He was like a legit 4-2 or 4-1. Yeah, I remember seeing him play. He was insane. He was unbelievable. And so I, I'd watch their games on the live stream, and I'm like, Okay, that's different than anything we've done in the last two years, but it's really effective because you have somebody that's a four two. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay, You'd be silly well, to make him run something short. One hundred percent. Well, like now we have Lonnie, right? Well, Lonnie's six eight. <laughs> we're not. That's we're so not, crazy. We're not going to have him run what Paris Mack ran. That doesn't make any sense. Right. But okay, let's get back in the archives. We had a six eight guy in twenty seventeen. What did we do well? Sure. Right. Same thing with with Antoine Grant. He reminds me a lot of if you guys remember the name Tristan Purifoy. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. just getting ready to say he reminds me of Purifoy. Very, very similar players and even similar body types and similar ways they play. Hey, what did you know? What did we do to highlight Tristan? Let's figure out a way to do that. So I, I think there's a lot of of that, and I think that does, like you said, come with longevity too. Is like 
we have so much to go off. I mean, he has personally has 15 years. I know me with this organization, I have four years of, of experience to go off. It's like, hey, he reminds me of this guy. Remember when we did blah, you know, blah, blah, this blah. route? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that was I think that's what's made us pretty successful. And that longevity pays off for you. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent it does. So now you've talked a little bit about this, but a shortened camp with you know the schedule changes and you guys went from okay, we're playing Jersey, then we're playing nobody, to now <laughs> we're playing Albany. So, you know, how has been the last couple of weeks been like? Because I know it's been a whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been very unique. But I think more so, like, we're really excited for the challenge. Like, it's something different, right? Like, it's really easy for us to go, like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Because we essentially are losing a week of camp, right? So That's tough. Yeah, wide receivers, DBs, quarterbacks come in a week early, right? We run through a week of camp. O-line, D-linemen come in. We run through a week of camp, make cuts, and then it's game week is traditionally how it goes. Sure. Well, we found out we were playing Albany on the O-line, D-line report day. So we play in three days, and the O-line and D-linemen are not even in Columbus yet. That's so, brutal. So we had our first practice with offensive linemen, defensive linemen last night. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. So now it's now it's – it's some weird combination of evaluation to see like who's going to be on the team and who's going to travel with us, you know, to Albany. And then at the same time, like getting ready for the game and game planning and Hey, who's their defensive coordinator? Where was he in the past? What do they like to do? So it's some, it's a very weird combination, but I, I'm personally really excited for the challenge. And of course it's because um, naturally, because we're playing Albany, but <laughs> excited for the challenge because Nowhere, nowhere else in professional sports, really, are you going to get an opportunity like this where it's like, hey, you got a week, let's play some football. It's like, okay, let's see if we can do it. I'm all in. Like, why not? I could just imagine in the NFL where you tell, like, Tom Brady, hey, by the way, you're losing camp, and you get to play Philly in, like, four days. Yeah, yeah, you play the reigning Super Bowl champs, and yeah, you got about three days. O-line and D-line will just come in, yeah. They'll be fine. They'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, right. But for everyone to, at camp, Coach Gibson, I've mentioned that he's bringing in guys who he expects to start, and that's even if he brings multiple people at multiple positions. So even at the first few days of camp, the competition was intense. It looked like it was already like mid-season form for competition and stuff like that. Has that helped you guys, you know, iron sharpens iron essentially mm -hmm. to get you ready for this quick turnaround? Yeah, hundred percent. Coach says that all the time, kind of iron sharpens iron. And he just goes out and he recruits and signs the best football players. It just hands down. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, dude, if you're good, we're going to bring you in and we're going to compete one through 21. Like we'll figure it out or however many they're allowed to come in for camp, and, and we'll kind of figure it out from there. And so I think that combination of the veterans who've played arena before and the rookies who are uber talented who, I mean, why would you come in and just bow down to a vet? That makes no sense. Like, mm -hmm. you're coming in to play. Like, we're, yeah. None of us would be here if we weren't ready to play, yeah. right? So I think that combination of kind of that youth and excitedness to, to really go out and prove something and the veterans and then obviously having – kind of that history between each other. We've played against – a lot of us have played against each other before. I think was made it a uniquely competitive camp kind of atmosphere. That's so that's so incredible. Can't wait for the season, man. Yeah, me either. Speaking of, let's talk about some of these other teams that you're going to be playing. You know, obviously you have history with Jacksonville in the yeah. 17th yeah, a little title, bit. In the <laughs> little 17th bit, title say. game. You have history with Carolina in the 18th title game. Yep. Two of your biggest rivals, you know, are amongst the teams that are, you know, you're going to be playing this year. You know, how crazy, you know, when you go to those cities, you know, how big is the rivalry there? Oh, it's it's absolutely massive. Uh 
especially the one that pops in my head is, is Jacksonville immediately, just because, like you said, the, kind of that 17 inaugural championship game uh, was really special. I mean, I know I, I've said we, I wish we could be on the right side, but it kind of sure. holds a special place kind of in my career because it was such a fun atmosphere to be a part of. And then we just we just battle each other. For whatever reason, Columbus versus Jacksonville just kind of naturally formed to this rivalry, you know, and we just – we matched up with each other really well. Mm-hmm. What they did well is what we did well on the other side of the ball, and there were just some really, really good football games. Uh, so th- they immediately popped my mind – just kind of that atmosphere of when you come in, you know, hey, didn't matter what the records are, doesn't matter what this, you know, what has happened earlier in the season. Like, you better get ready. This is gonna be a football game. It's basically Georgia, Georgia, Florida, but indoor football. I mean, honestly, yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, we, and you know, we'll do little stuff, you know, to kind of poke at each other, you know, for sure. I think one, uh, maybe even the championship. Like, we were supposed to be away, and we were supposed to like wear all whites or something. We said, forget it. We're gonna wear our home blues. <laughs> So it was like blue versus red. Yeah, it, like little stuff like that just to kind of irk Some, them. Sometimes petty is being fun. It's Oh, it's a, it's a blast. Like I think when they came to our arena, like we played Baby Shark for their warm-ups. That's like, outstanding. Yeah, I mean, just little. <laughs> and don't amazing. worry. I despise that. They're more petty than we are. Don't let them fool you. They're more petty oh, than really? we are. Oh, really? Oh, man, yeah. You should see where they put us in the locker room. I'm surprised our locker room's even in the same building as the is the field. <laughs> like, I mean, you like once you get out to the field, like there ain't no point in going back to the locker room. Like. Real oh, so it's, it's like a, a three mile how trek. Big is the arena exactly. That's what I thought. I'm like, is, is did that go underground or something? Is there a tunnel? Like, what is going on? It was. It's crazy. But that makes the, that makes the rivalries more fun. One thing I wanted to also talk about too is just the future of the game. I think Coach Gibson does an amazing job bringing in this like indoor high school showcase, indoor football high, high school showcase. You guys get to work with the kids, and one of the things that he mentioned was like it, it opens up a door for some kids who maybe had didn't see that door open up to you, like how that door was opened up for you. What's it like to like? work with a high school kid who's been playing 11 man his entire life that they get they transitioned to this game yeah yeah it was it was fun uh i actually got to call the plays for one of the teams for for the georgia team oh, that's actually. cool yeah so it was definitely different being on being on that side of it in, in the arena aspect uh it was <laughs> it was really fun because it was so different it was such a unique challenge uh i remember like in elementary school like one of the like the common things they did was like Okay, describe like how to open a jar if you if somebody doesn't know anything. Like if an alien came to Earth, how do you open a jar? It's like, okay, we'll put your hand on there. Like, okay, what's a hand? Like, put your hand on the lid. Like, what's a lid? It's like the same thing. It's like, okay, we got to throw away from the jack. It's like, well, what's the jack? Okay, well, we got we got a man, you know, in high motion. Like, okay, well, what's high, high motion? motion? You know, so it's like you're bringing the, it down at a new level. Yeah, seriously. Like the first like the first day is literally just spent teaching them like terminology. Yeah, like literally there's eight people on the field. Like some of them didn't even know. And, and why would you know it? You know what I mean? You, you're not playing arena football at the time. You know, you just – even if you've been to a game, you know, you're not sitting there counting going, oh, there didn't look like 11. Like you're just enjoying the game with your family. Right. So you're you're really having to break it down to a level of really teaching someone from scratch. And it, it was a fun, unique challenge, and they were great kids, and they, they loved it. It was fun. So and, and now here's one thing. That wasn't your first foray into coaching. Mm-hmm. So is that something that, you know, once your playing days are done, is that something that you have an interest in? For sure, for sure, absolutely. So uh, this was my this will be, my, I think, my sixth year of arena football. Right. I've actually spent six years coaching college football as well in the fall. Uh, no kidding. Yeah, so I spent two years as a GA at Defiance College up near Toledo, Ohio. And in the last uh, five years, I've been uh, an assistant coach at Denison University. 
So I spent uh, three years there coaching receivers. Then I got moved to quarterbacks. Spent two years there coaching quarterbacks. And then this last, we had a COVID season canceled. That would right. be my third season. But we did play a spring season. Uh, awesome. Played a couple of games. I actually was was the interim co-offensive coordinator. Got to call some plays. Nice. nice. My first kind of foray into play calling in the college setting. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, I was telling my, my family after the game, like that's the closest thing to playing quarterback that I've found yet. Like so, it's gotcha. definitely when I'm done playing, like that's something I, I want to pursue pretty heavily. What's Coach Espinosa like? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Might be a better question <laughs> for my players. I'd like to think that uh, you know, I'm, I'm a players coach. I kind of especially having a unique perspective of still being a player. Sure. Uh, kind of trying to understand where, where they come from, uh, but also very, very certain in, in what I'm doing and very confident because I think confidence kind of exudes to your team. Fair. Right? I, I, I feel like I'm very confident on the field. I love football. I've done it for so long that uh, I, I feel like I know what I'm doing out there, and I think that has got to exude to your players. So I try to do that. I try to pump them up as much as I can. I'm not like a yeller and a screamer and a gotcha. the greater, you know, kind of I like trying to be that like that new school guy that especially with quarterbacks, man, like I want them to go in feeling like they're Joe Montana. Like why would yeah. you not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why would you not? Absolutely. And and so we've had we've had some success there. I think it at least at Denison where where I'm at now. We've had the winning a six-year stretch in school history. That's amazing. Congratulations. Back-to-back uh, -back conference champs. I appreciate it. I appreciate awesome. it. A lot of fun. We've been nationally ranked. We were in the playoffs a couple of years ago. So it's it's been a really successful, really fun time. Love the kids up there. They're, At what level is Denison? It's actually Division Three. Nice. Uh, Perfect. It's a small school. So <laughs> oddly enough, they're the rival of my alma mater. Really? Yeah. That's got to be awkward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like playing in Ohio State and going to coach at Michigan. Yeah, so <laughs> – I get to I get to play my old coaching staff once a year. It was actually one of our my believe it or not my first college game calling plays was this spring against my alma mater at their place. What? Wow. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was an absolute <laughs> blast. I had a, I had a great time. We won, so we hey even better last second field goal. So of course it makes me last feel better. Field yeah, goal. We, not, not, in what other what other in what other fashion would it be for me? A last second field goal, of drama, course, drama, drama. Naturally, I can't get away from. It. <laughs> I can't get away from. It. Man, that is, that is fantastic. Uh, and have you ever thought about you know maybe you know pursuing any higher levels, or you want to stay in arena football? Uh, as far as playing or coaching, playing. Playing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the reason I got into arena football was, was to get back to the NFL. And I th I think if you talk to any of our dudes, that's probably the same answer. Sure. Uh, that second chance never came for me. You know, realistically, I'm probably too old for that second chance. <laughs> Not many, you know, 29-year-old rookies out there running around in the NFL. Fair. Especially if you weren't like a first-round pick. which Paging Tommy Maddox. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There we go. There we go. But... You know, I know the CFL and the XFL are, you know, merging. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know what that's quite going to look like, but I'm very content in arena football. I've had a very, you know, successful career in the sense of, like, my happiness and where I've been, and arena football has done so much for me that if it's not an unbelievable situation, I have no reason to leave because, I, you know, I, I really do, with a passion, love arena football. I love talking about it. Yeah. I love teaching people, you know, the game. I think it's really unique, and I and I've – I, I really want people to go in and see it because I really think it's it's something, especially in today's day and age, that people would love. What do you think arena football could do in like a macro sense to keep growing and maybe even be more successful? Maybe introduce it to a younger crowd or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that would make a lot of sense. I, I think if you're able to, 
do anything to get, to get to that younger generation for sure. It's like anything else because, you know, I, I like to say to a lot of people, arena football is almost a different sport. Yeah. I mean, it's football at its base, got it, but there's so many different rules, so many different skill sets. I think the earlier you introduce it, you're going to find people that love it, and I think that's going to grow, you know, I don't know what, what else is out there. I know we talked about the arena football video game. Which was, was awesome. Say, paging EA, we need it. It was awesome, video. y'all. Dude, I loved it, and I still own it to this day. <laughs> I play it all the time. I remember as a whatever, however old I was, playing it. That's why I remember my first love of it. That's how I fell in love with the Nashville Cats. I'm from outside of Nashville oh, wow. originally. Yep. And, you know, Andy Kelly and the boys, like, <laughs> I love the Nashville wa- Cats. I used to watch them, too. Dude. It, Georgia like, Forsters, I mean, come on. Why? Well, uh, funny thing. <laughs> The Georgia Force came from the Nashville Cats. Yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. did not know I that. Didn't, I didn't yep. know that. I didn't um, know that. They moved to um, Atlanta. And Arthur Blank bought the team. Oh, I did not know that. Well, there you so, go. So, the, so the more you know, it's actually yeah. the same team. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So yeah, I think that sense. Also, I, I know before the Arena Football League kind of met its demise, they were they were getting pretty heavily into the to the sports gambling business. They had a deal with DraftKings. They had stuff. Gotcha. They were doing that. They were in sports books in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of. You know, I know each state has different rules and regulations and laws depending on, you know, sports betting. But the teams that we have in now, a lot of them are, are in states that you're allowed to bet. I know New York, New right. Jersey, stuff yeah. like that, you know. And as I think that continues down the path, I think that might be something, you know, for even the older adult crowd to get into because sure. there's so much of it now. People are going to pay attention <laughs> if, you, if you have a little skin in the game, you know. Absolutely. All right, so you got to tell me this. What's one fun story that you've had throughout your career that's just like, you know, when somebody asks you, like, you know, a memorable moment in your career, what what immediately jumps to mind? Oh, man, that's a great question. So the, the first one that pops to mind, if I really have to describe the essence of, like, being ready in arena football. Yeah. So, like I said, played in the area in 2015. In 2016, uh, I actually, believe it or not, I had signed with the Columbus Lions early – uh-huh. Spent about two or three weeks here. They had a they had another quarterback that had returned by the name of Casey Katz. Shout out Casey. Him. Yeah. So he was a great dude, unbelievable guy. He actually texted me the other day. Uh there was the kind of the thought that he was about to go to the AFL. Okay. So my thought was, hey, I go to Columbus, Casey goes to the AFL. You slide in. Exactly. For what one reason or another didn't quite happen like that. Casey was still in Columbus, which was awesome. Great for him, right? Uh so that's when Billings, Montana in the IFL, the other league, they, they mm-hmm. call me like, hey, we need a quarterback. Can you be here? So, I, you know, I call coach. We talk about it. We get it worked out 100%. So, I, I'm not kidding. It was – this was like a Monday night. I'm flying out to – they signed me on Monday night in Billings. I fly out to Billings Tuesday morning. I get there after they already had practice. Practice, meet the guys on Wednesday. We travel – practice Thursday. We travel Thursday night and drive to Grand Island, Nebraska – to play a game in Nebraska on Saturday, so I I was playing with dudes I didn't even know their names, I didn't I didn't oh my lord I barely knew in our a team six colors, day span. dude. It's it, seriously in Wait, a six yeah. day span I went from not even knowing that Billings Montana had an arena football team to starting for their team in Nebraska. <laughs> it was I mean that was like the epitome of arena football right there, and wow. it was it was like I said that was a fun challenge. It's something. Uh, 
that I'll always remember just because, you know, 30 years down the road, I'm like, man, I played a football game on six <laughs> days' notice. I didn't even know my lineman's name. It's probably a bad plan, but we didn't have a choice, you know. Was, and you said, like, I think it was hilarious. You, like, I didn't even know what our colors were at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. Like, they're like, yeah, we're going to Nebraska. I'm like, okay, like, where? Grand Island, Nebraska. Huh? There's islands in Nebraska? It's like, no, it's just the name of a town. Like, so it was, it was fun. I got to ask, did you win? Unfortunately, did not. Did not Dang win it. that game. Uh, did not win that game, but fortunately we did get hot. A uh, couple games in, we finally got to mesh. Yeah, mesh. Learned a little bit. each other's names and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Learned each other's <laughs> names. Hundred percent. We actually got hot. Uh, you know, for the span that I was there, we led the IFL in passing, mm-hmm. uh, which it's a different game out there. But got hot, clinched the first home playoff game in uh, organization's history. Nice. Uh, so, so it was a it was a fun time out there. I love Billings. I love the city of Billings. I wouldn't nice. mind wouldn't mind living out there someday. Anyway, so. After traveling around so much, where does Columbus's fan base rank as far as like compared to where you've where else you've played? Oh, it's right at the top. Like the passion, and I think what what really stands out in Columbus is the knowledge of the game. Oh, okay. And I think it comes with longevity, right? Like, there's been here 15 years. Yeah. Uh, like there's fans here that have that have been going to five or six you know games for five or six years at least. It's like. You have no choice but to learn the rules by then. Right. You know, where you go to other cities where maybe it's their first or second year, there's a passionate fan base, but they don't know what illegal defense is. They don't know what jack out of the box is. They don't know all these kind of unique arena stuff, terms, or going over the wall. Is that a catcher or not? Right. You know, what a deuce is. Like, they don't know what that is. Like, our fans do. Like, when our kicker hits a deuce, like. It goes wild. It goes. That place goes nuts. And it, yep. helps, it helps us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, having that momentum, you score a touchdown, you kick a deuce, like. Freaking the whole place is going bonkers, man. Like it's it's I think that's what really makes it unique is is the passion and the, the kind of the knowledge base for sure. Yeah, man. So <laughs> I don't know about you, Rex, but our favorite our um we are diehard arena fans. Yeah. What has been what has been your biggest career highlight? Like Ooh, good question. Whether it's been on field, off the field, what's been your biggest career highlight? Uh, I mean, I guess when we're specifically talking about arena football, I, th- I guess there's probably a couple of different answers. I'm probably cheating here, but uh, the the first team on AL and offensive player of the year in 18 was something really That's special huge. to me. Uh, it just meant a lot. There's a lot of hard yeah. work going into it. I mean, naturally, when you when you commit that kind of time, it feels good to kind of have that payoff. Even though, you know, I got hurt in the last game of the year, didn't get to play in the playoffs, still. Feeling I got the, I got that recognition from the other coaches and media, you know that that meant a lot for sure uh, to, to kind of feel recognized in that sense. As a, as a team perspective, it's tough to tough to beat an Arena Bowl championship. Sure, uh, man, I still have videos and pictures of, of that day. Uh, they had the stage out, the confetti, mm-hmm. the arena was sold out. I mean, people were you know just crowding the field. I had to find my my dad was there, my girlfriend were there. I had to find him through like the crowd and I was like pulling him up on stage like. It was it was such a unique experience, uh, especially like I said, kind of the optimism moving forward, thinking yeah, yeah. that there's more of this to come, and there still may be in the NAL. Heck yeah, for yeah. sure. But but that kind of that culmination of having such a great team and winning and having that moment, I think as a team from a team aspect, that would be the top for me. Is it a little more special because of what happened to the AFL after that Arena Bowl? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a group chat for you know for everyone on the team, and that was kind of the, that was the running joke was forever champs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're it. We're the last one. No, you, you got the ring, and no one can take it away from That's you. That's right it, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So forever champs, the AFL. 
if it never comes back, then we'll take we'll we'll take that last Arena Bowl champs. One of my one of my favorite things is also seeing the names for some of these for some of these teams. I, I love the Columbus Lions names, but they're also teams who kind of go out there. And <laughs> are there some teams that you played for that have like a really goofy name, or you looked on the schedule like, wait a minute, I'm looking at the Erie Explosion. Or the Omaha Beef. <laughs> Omaha Beef is a great one. <laughs> Omaha Beef is a great one. Oh, let me run down the list here. There was a Tri-Cities Fever. I don't, know really, I don't really know what a fever is. I I mean, guess. Okay. The, oh, ca- catch the fever, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess. So. I'm going to be honest. Though, on New York Streets from that we had a couple years ago. Yeah, that was that was a strange one. That was the a strange one. Didn't they have like sure. a sewer? Like a yeah. manhole cover as a little go? outstanding. Whose plan was that? Yeah, yeah design flaw. That's a, yeah, <laughs> bad plan. Uh Empire Atlantic City Blackjacks is a cool one. That's, that's a really cool. That's one. cool. That's it a really was, cool it one. was a cool one for sure. Uh, the Washington Valor. Oh Baltimore yeah, the yeah, Brigade. Baltimore Brigade. Uh, there there were some fun ones there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There was the Corpus Christi Rage. Oh uh, sure. Yeah, I don't know what's with the non plural names, but yeah, it's, we, <laughs> I was a fan of the Tampa Bay Storm. Tampa Bay Storm. That was that was a fun one. That was a fun. I was, one. I was a fan of the name. I wasn't a fan of the team because they made life miserable for, yeah. for the Georgia. Bulls. That's it, man. They man that the kind of that. Back old school, we're talking like Georgia Force days, kind of those Dallas Desperado rivalries, man. Yeah. That's southern the, bon- the Bonham Stormers too, yeah, and all that. Dude, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. That's actually where the coaches in Albany that I coached with, Keith, or I played for Keith Moss. Yeah. They're in Iowa. They're the coaches for the Iowa Barnstormers now. Oh okay. nice. So I, I've texted with them, you know, they've they've been playing for a couple weeks. So they had a <laughs> yeah. man, they had a huge win in Sioux Falls. So I Nice. Text them, told them congrats and stuff. So they're they're good, they're good dudes. X's and O's wise, how do you guys like? How do you like your chances against Albany? This version of the Albany Empire. Yeah, so it's really tough because, like you said, they're new coaches. So uh, don't know much about the background of the head coach. Sure, I know he was an assistant for Jersey, but Jersey never played. We had a COVID yeah. season. Yeah, uh, the offensive coordinator. I've done a lot of research on. I know he's. I know he's an indoor kind of vet. I think he's more indoor IFL type rules. The defensive coordinator I do know very well. Uh, his name is Sergio. Uh, he was the defensive back coach for the Massachusetts Pirates in 2018. Nice. And then oh, that rivalry. Yeah, all oh, fun. And then he was the defensive coordinator for the Atlantic City Blackjacks mm-hmm. in 19. So he coached Marvin. He coached Antoine. So we're able to to watch a little bit of what he's done in the past there. But as far as what they have now, it's it's tough because uh, they have a really unique mix of older veteran players like Tommy Grady, Derek Ross, Darius Prince, and they have a lot of new faces, a lot of rookie guys that are really talented. We just don't have a ton of arena film on yet. Yeah. So it's been really tough to kind of pick out matchups right now, and really we're, we're looking at old schemes. So for us, at the end of the day, like, we just got to play our game. There you go. We just got to go out and do us, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, like play ball. And we've, we've been doing this so long, like we just got to figure out a way to adjust on the fly, and that's fine. So do they, you know. Jack, if you listen real quick, there's a little bit of coach speak from Coach Testanoza. Very right much so. <laughs> Very much so. So, and I'm probably going to get some more after this question. So, you got – you have an opportunity to play against a guy that you was studying under yep. in 2019 in Tommy Grady. What has been – going through your mind knowing you're getting ready to go to his house to play against him in the first game since you two won the Arena Bowl. You know what? I would have it no other way. Like That's awesome. It sounds to me like an absolute blast, quite honestly. Like, what a challenge. And what an exciting challenge to, like, take on. It's something, like, when you do this, you don't you don't sign up to play the games that, like I said, when Columbus beat us 81 to 26. Like, you don't play for those games, whether you win or lose on it. You play for 
the Jacksonville games in 2017 where the place is sold out and going bonkers. You play for the Massachusetts Pirates rivalries where it comes down to the last snap of the game right. and Tyler Rousey kicks a game-winning field goal. Those are the games you play for. Yeah. And you, I think that's what we're getting ourselves into, especially with the short layoff like or the, or the short prep times. Like, man, let's do this. Like, let's get excited. Let's – Let's just do it. Let's just go play football. Let's have fun. Let's let's play to the best of our capability and let the chips fall where they may. Have you been a little trash talking with Tommy? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, we've exchanged a couple che- a couple texts before we knew the kind of kind of the switch uh, that was going on. So I know he's preparing. I I know him. We he was he's preparing really hard. Uh, believe it or not, he actually was the quarterback for that 2017 Jacksonville team. No so way. You're played, kidding. He's played Columbus before. Yeah. Wow. So Jacksonville came from the AFL. Yeah. Remember that first year of the NAL? He was their quarterback in the AFL. Oh, And my so gosh. he stayed in Jacksonville for that, that first year. So it won't be his first time playing Columbus. It won't be our first time playing against each other. Uh, I didn't know him, obviously, as, as well as I did back then. Yeah. Or I don't – Back then, it didn't know him as well as I do now, but it'll be a lot of fun, especially going to going to their place. Yeah, it's going to be a lot special. For sure, for sure. Choosing indoor football as a career, it seemed like one thing that we've learned about you is you have to be flexible and you have to have a lot of perseverance. Yeah. So for, for someone who, who may be listening to this who's even considering getting into indoor football as a player and making it a career, what would you tell them, like, what, what they need to prepare for mentally and emotionally, spiritually, and just physically? Yeah, I, I would say just prepare for it's a war of attrition. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody wants to play professional football. Sure. Got it. 100%. Uh, everyone wants to play in the NFL. 100%. Right? People are usually a little bit more realistic about their expectations of playing the NFL. For, for because we are, let's call it like it is a minor league, right? We're Fair. like, you know, double-A, triple-A baseball, I would say. You know, people, some people tend to think that, you know, they can just walk on and dominate. Like, half our, you know, a lot of our dudes are, NFL vets, and you've heard how wow. many dudes are playing, you know, in the AFL uh, as a veteranship. So it's really about like if you get cut, if you know, if it doesn't happen for you, if you don't get signed at a, at a free agent workout, like don't get mad and give up and say arena football wasn't for me. Like you have to learn it. You have to learn the game before you make yourself valuable. You have to find someone that's gonna that someone's gonna take a chance on you. Uh, quite honestly, I, I just got lucky and someone took a chance on me in, in Erie, even though we weren't very good. Sure. It, it springboarded me into whatever I've done next. If I wouldn't have taken that chance in the area and they wouldn't have taken that chance, I don't know where I would have been. And then really it's about f- so much of professional football in general, but especially arena football, is finding the system that fits you, right? Uh, you could go to a coaching staff that just doesn't, for whatever reason, you don't do well in what they do, right, in their style of practice, their style of play, their schematics. That's okay, right? That happens. You see it happen all the time in the NFL where – Somebody's really good in one scheme. They go sign a big free agent contract, and it's not great for them, right? So much of professional football has to do with who's your scheme, where you at, where you located. So, I mean, I bounced around for three years before I found a place that really felt what I thought I did well. And, and I, I'd say that would be the biggest thing for me is it's a war of attrition. Don't get discouraged. There's so many players out there. Find someone willing to take a chance on you and just take a leap of faith. That's all you can do. And then when you get a chance to get on the field, Good organizations, even if you're not playing what you think is what you term as like a, you know, a a stable, good organization, the good organizations are out there and they're watching film because they want vets. They're going to find you. You play ball, they're going to find you, I promise. One question I got to ask you. 
when you, before you ever got signed by the Lions uh. and before you ever came here and played a part of Erie, mm. had you ever heard of Columbus, Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> not not uh, particularly, I would say, Columbus, Georgia. Mm. Fort Benning for sure. So I kind of knew, obviously, once there's like, okay, it's right next to Fort Benning. It's like, okay, yeah, got it. Got, got that for sure. Uh, what really confuses people in my personal life is where I coach is Columbus, Ohio. That's oh. not fun. <laughs> so all the time, like I, in my head, I know when I say Columbus, I know which Columbus I'm talking about. And then people are like, well, hold up. Wait a minute. I thought you were talking about Ohio. Like, no, 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 my bad. I'm in Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> like, so that really messes with people, the Columbus to Columbus thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's become home really for me. It's, it's become home. And I think, you know, when, when you find a place like that, longevity, and you find a place that's home, but also, does that, does that, has that given your family something a little bit easier to, like, wrap their heads around with your career, too? Because I know this, this must not have been easy for a girlfriend or even a family to, like, man, Mason's on the move again. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's tough. I mean, that, that's part of, you know, I guess going back to that other answer, kind of that war of attrition is, like, are you able to do it? Like, you know, with your family situation, all that stuff, do you have people that support you and you know, support you and what you're going to do. And are they able to, you know, let you go off for four months and, and, you know, play ball and provide and then come back, you know, I've just been fortunate where I've kind of found the best of both worlds. My girlfriend lives here. She's from here. Awesome. Uh, nice. I actually met her playing when I was playing here. Oh, so look at that. Awesome. it worked out really, really well. Uh, my family, I'm, I'm from right outside Nashville. So this is actually, since I played high school football, this is the closest place I've played at. So okay. they're able to come to every game. Where, That's awesome. So it's it's really been the best of both worlds. Where in Billings, it's tough for them to go to. Even in Albany, it's tough for them to go to. They both made a point to both my mom and my dad. You know, made a point to come up to the game. You know, at least a game or two, but. That's tough, you know. You can't just jump on a plane every weekend, so it's but really been special. You can make the six-hour drive down to Columbus. Exactly, exactly. And it's 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 really been – that's been a big part of uh, my excitement to stay here, right? Yeah. Is, is being able to, to have that aspect and have people that support me. Uh, people like, you know, Jason and Sarah Ketchum, who are, who are my adopted Lions family. Like, I, I, I don't tell a lot of people this. I go – I'm literally over there every Sunday night. They, they cook me dinner and feed me every Sunday night. That's amazing. And awesome. you're not finding that in professional sports anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, there's – everywhere else there tends to be this this kind of this weird separation. A, bu- a buffer zone yeah. kind of for fan and players. And there and there's not here, and it's healthy. It's not, it's not too much. It's healthy, but that's what you look for when you come to a place like this. Because when I came in 2017, I didn't know soul. But to have oh. people like that that are, hey, why don't you come over, you know, what, invite you to church, whatever, invite you to come over and swim with their pool. Stuff like that makes you feel at home. It makes you want to come back. And now they're more than just an adopted family. They're like true friends that I have that are like, I enjoy going over to their house and like hanging out and stuff and going to their kids, you know, graduations and stuff like that. So that's what's made it home. It's what's made it home for me. Got to ask you. So we've got the river dragons that have brought home a championship. Yeah. CSU just won a conference championship. Are you going to be able to keep up the championship tradition of Columbus right now? Hey, city of champions, 17 and 18 were, were championship game is not good enough anymore. And it never was to begin with not good enough anymore. I promise we're going to do everything in our power. I know personally I'm going to do everything in my power so that we can continue this little City of Champions run that we got going here because the city deserves it. I mean, quite honestly, the city deserves it. So That's what, what you want to hear out of your quarterback. I'm just Amen saying. Amen to that. <laughs> well, uh, one of the most important questions we have on here is we want to keep the momentum of the good times going here on. Is on it about time. that time, Rex? It is about that time, Jack. Make, make it happen. 
with the caveat that we need your help on this. Okay. Who do you want to see on the On Your Sidelines podcast? Oh, man. Oh, man. It can be anyone for the team. Like, yeah, who do you... Who, uh, maybe, it, could, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. With the caveat that you, we need your help. Maybe like, hey, Mason told us that you, you, you'd you be down to do this. You know who's a hilarious dude? And and I, I, if you can get him, is Mo Leggett is a hilarious dude. Mo Leggett. Mo okay. Leggett is hilarious. Antoine has so much experience. Antoine has been... Uh, He's been in, with the Bengals. He's been in CFL. He's been in the AFL. He's he's done it all. Uh, and then Lonnie's obviously a great one too. He has so much experience. I think you can't really go wrong with it, with any of those three. And then Marvin's a staple too. Marvin Ross, obviously, Fair. he's he's a staple too. All those guys would be would be uh, would be fun ones. They'd be really fun ones. All right. Well, you know what? It looks like we got a good roster. Mason, thank you so much for for joining us. We're gonna wrap up here in a little bit, Jack. I, it's good to see a familiar face back here in Columbus, and I'm just genuinely excited for the Lions fans that Mason gets to lead us again. And you heard him. I mean, the man wants another ring. Exactly. I'm excited too, man. It's been two years since we've been in the Lions' den, man. It's about time we get some indoor football back in the jungle. Hey, That's for certain. Man, those games. For anyone who hasn't been to a Lions game, put that on your calendar. Look at the schedule. Get to one June, immediately. June 3rd is the home opener, right? June yep. 3rd, June 4th, one yep. of them. Uh, I think we're playing Carolina. And, y'all, we basically have Arena Bowl 32 on the field. I'm just exactly. saying. <laughs> like, seriously, like, I just, there's no reason not to go check out the Lions this year. It's really not. And we get paid to cover it. It's kind of awesome. I, mean, I love it. Just saying. But it's about that time. Dylan, hit that music, baby. Well, Jack, lead us off and wrap this thing up. All right. Thanks for watching another edition of the On Your Sidelines podcast. We are on every other Tuesday. Rex, how can they find us? Well, you can always watch us here every other Tuesday on WRBL.com. Eventually, we'll have those things up on Spotify, your uh, Apple uh, podcast store on the Apple store. We are working on that. And Audible, of course. It's going to be there. But, of course, we'll be sharing all the links to this on our social media pages. Jackworth, can they find us on social media? Yes, sir. You can find us on Twitter. I am at... Dub, um, I almost said your Twitter handle. I'm at J Patterson TV. Rex at D- Rex Castillo TV. There you go. You can follow us on Facebook as well. WRBL Jack Patterson. WRBL Rex Castillo. Don't forget to follow the News 3 Sports pages as well. Rex, take us home. Guys, thank you so much for again for joining us. Thanks to Mason Espinosa for joining us. Good luck on the season, Mason. And looks like we got at least three or four dudes who we need to bring on the podcast on the On Your Sidelines podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you on the next on your sidelines podcast. And the sky right shot, shout out to director Dylan and intern Colin. We'll see you guys in two weeks.